Melanie Perlata is a multidimensional millennial entrepreneur that is transforming and raising the vibration of the collective through mindset coaching, events, and sound healing. She is an artist and creator at heart who spent almost a decade in the music industry before stepping into the personal development industry and now blends her purpose and passions into all of her growth promoting experiences and projects. She is the creator of the Moving Mantra Project, Make Up Your Mind Coaching, and Woman Wellness Weekend Retreats. Above all else, she's a fierce mama bear who is committed to playing her role in elevating and healing humanity for future generations to come. Tap in. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Campus Cuts. My name is Tanaka Shana Sutabe, and I'm your host. Campus Cuts is a multicultural, intergenerational podcast that hosts artists, entrepreneurs, venture capitalists, creators, and people out there that are creating the world of impact. Today, I'm super, super duper blessed to be able to share this space to chop it up with Miss Melanie, a multidimensional entrepreneur who is on a path to be able to help people enlighten themselves, continue to grow and become the embodiment of the best version. And she does that through her workshops, through her music, through her art, and as well as just motivational speaking and came across her on IG. And now here we are. Melanie, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here and dive into this conversation with you today. Yeah, yeah. So I was doing a little bit of a deep dive. But of course, you know, um, I gave you a little premise of what Campus Cuts was about. And of course, the audience who people who follow me, they know what it's about. But um, of course, we want to go dive deep. We, I'm, I'm a deep diver. I like to have more deep authentic conversations rather than just the surface and i know that you've been on some other podcasts and stuff too so um i want to start this off is who is melanie yeah because you know i gave them a little intro of, like what you do but like give your little like spiel and then we're gonna go dive deeper hmm. who is melanie that's such a great question i am first and foremost i'm a mother I'm a mother, I'm a creator, I'm a sound healing artist, I'm a mindset and transformation coach, and I'm a 29-year-old grown-ass woman. So, <laughs> um, my life really, really, truly consists of fully just living in the energy of service entirely. Everything that I do from coaching to sound healing is all for the betterment of others. So my world really, really revolves around service and and my son. So I'm, I'm overall a creative though. Like I love to create, I love to create music. I love to create products, growth promoting atmospheres, live experiences. I just, I love bringing ideas to life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I resonate so deeply with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel, Ooh, wow. That there's so much I want to unpack there. And, um, and I'm super glad. Thank you for sharing, for sharing that. And, um, my first question for you is like, all right, cool. You know, you're saying you're dedicated to service. 
what was your first introduction of being able to live a life of service? And when did that really come? Like, did you, was that grown and cultivated in your environment that you grew up with? Or how did that come to be? Well, before I even got into the personal development industry, which I'm in now, I was actually in the music industry for like nine years as a singer songwriter. I worked with Atlantic Records. I worked with Sony. I lived in Atlanta. I lived in LA. I was in the music industry really heavily before I even started doing any personal development work or coaching or anything like that. Um, and I grew up in a small town here in Arizona. It's a tiny little copper mining town where there's nothing to do. So we get a lot of people who end up on drugs. Mm. And my family is full of drug addicts. Both of my parents were drug addicts. A lot of my family are still drug addicts. Luckily, my parents are clean now. But essentially, my journey was not wanting to end up like my family. But as I was in this certain point in my life, I started to kind of fall into that a little bit. I was like raving every weekend. I was doing ecstasy every weekend. I was like just not turning into a person that I was actually proud of being. Mm. So I literally went on my own personal development journey. I healed so many of my childhood traumas because I grew up with a single father. My mom left when I was little because of drugs. And so I had a lot of healing to do. And I did the work. I committed myself to just changing who I was and shedding my toxic personality patterns. And I had my own transformational journey with myself. Mm. And honestly, I never planned on sharing what I learned. I was just utilizing it for myself and I was just living it myself. But then I had my son. And when I had my son, I would always think to myself, oh my God, I, I can't imagine if I had this child as that old version of me. Right. And I was like, just mind blown. Like that's what's happening all over the place. Like right. broken, unhealed, like unevolved, unconscious women are out here having children. And that's how those patterns and those cycles are being created. Because I was a part of that pattern through my mom and she was a part of that pattern through her mom. And you see it with my sister and my, you know, my other family members and stuff. So I saw how I was falling into that pattern as well. And I could see how so many other women were falling into the same thing those generational curses they talk about, you know? So then that's really what inspired me to start sharing what I knew, what I learned, what I used to change my own life. And I was already like posting very inspirational things on social media. So I would have women reach out to me a lot. So it was like spirit, like higher power was telling me like, hey, these women need you. Like they need what you have and they want it. And that's why they're reaching out to you. So Long story short, I felt inspired to throw an event. At the time, I had left the music industry. I had just had my son. He was just a baby. I had never thrown an event in my entire life. I never did anything in the personal development world. I had no idea what I was doing, and I had no money to do it because I had switched into being a stay-at-home mom. My son's dad was paying all the bills. He was making all the income. So when I felt the calling on my heart to throw this event for women, he was like, well, who's going to pay for that? Because I'm not. And I was like, 
I'm going to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I sure did. And I created all of these really horrible Canva. Like, <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing, but I went for it and I did it fearlessly. And I created a GoFundMe and I told people about what my mission was, what I wanted to do, and that I wanted to create growth promoting experiences for women. And people donated. And long story short, like from donations from the GoFundMe, my family pitched in and um, using literally food stamps to pay for the food, I put on my very first women's empowerment event in 2016 and it was such a success. Oh, wow. And we had 32 women at the very first event and just two years later, we had hundreds of women who were coming to my events. Oh, wow. So it grew quickly. It grew exponentially. I it, it grew beyond me. I never, ever intended for it to be a business. I never intended for it to turn into what it did. It took on a life of its own. And after year two, because um, I didn't really do a lot of marketing. I didn't know how to do. I didn't know what I was doing. But right. from year one to year two, we tripled our guest count. Right. And I was just like, okay, I have something like, this is something. And so long story short, from then on, I continued with my women's organization, I did that 2020 was actually supposed to be the fifth annual women's brunch, which was my big annual women's event that we had hundreds of women come to. And then, you know, pandemic hit, and we couldn't do it. But you know, it, it all worked out because that allowed me to take the time and the space to create something else that was coming through my spirit. And I wanted to bring my moving mantras to life, which is my sound healing project, music project that I have. Um, because even though I spent all those years shifting into personal development world and, you know, coaching women and throwing these events, music never left me like the, so right. the singer songwriter was always still there. And as I was Maneuvering through my own life situations, I would write these little songs that I called moving mantras, and I would write them in the shower just for myself. That was my own medicine. It was my own meditation. And um, I never planned on sharing those either. But then eventually, I, I'm very um, intuitive. If I get a message from spirit, and it feels right, I do it and I take action. And that's been a huge driving force for everything that I do. And so same thing, Spirit was like, you should share these mantras. Right. And so I did, and I did 25 weeks of hashtag Monday Moving Mantra on Instagram and Moving Mantras officially became a thing. Right. So then it was like, they kind of went hand in hand, right? It was like these mantras were personal development songs. And here I am in this personal development world. So then when I would go speaking or I would do my workshops, I would sing these mantras in right. my workshops and it just became a signature of mine. So 2020 comes. Um, it was the same two weeks before the pandemic hit. I also is when I got hired to work for Tony Robbins and Dean Graziosi. Right. So it all was just like, okay, you can't do your woman's organization anymore because that revolves around live events. Right. And But now here's this other opportunity to coach on an elite level. So I switched from that to that. And then with the rest of my time, I flew back and forth from LA at the peak of the pandemic, creating the Moving Mantra Project. 
Mm. And so when you're saying that you flew back and forth from LA, like, so you were going there to record at the studio with the movie mantra? Wow, wow, wow. And then so obviously, like, I don't know why, but I I feel like uh, during 2020, of course, a lot of people embarked on a journey, myself included, of, and there was an awakening. There was a spiritual awakening, right? Oh, absolutely. Because everybody was stuck inside, right? Everybody's typically how society and how world has moved up is we're always on the go. And us being on the go, we tend to be busy. But most of the time, we keep ourselves busy in order to run away from things that were um, that we know that are deeper in the surface. Because, of course, you know, the, the body keeps the score. You know, all the everything that we experience is really, really embedded in us and, until we really get to face it. And this is the first time that everybody got to stop in this yeah. course, you know, like or are trapped in situations and they're with their family members more, all that stuff. And things start creeping up into the surface. Mm-hmm. And you're like, Oh, I thought this, I thought I was good, or I thought I got over that, or oh, oh no. And then of course, people are really facing their stuff, right? Totally, totally, yeah. Yeah, we saw that a lot. We saw that a lot. And it, it definitely happened for me because I never, I didn't know if I was ever going to make music like that again. Mm. I really didn't. I never, I, I kind of told myself the story that like making music was like in the past, that that was like behind me. And that, yeah, I could sing and write my own songs, but to actually like, get back into recording music and put that out i had definitely neglected that and shut that idea down but um the opportunity presented itself like things just kept falling in line i actually got an offer from an incredible production team um they were like we want to record these with you so i was like okay let's do it i would love to do that and i really wanted to do it with them so it was just a no-brainer right right and so now of course of course and um you 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 as an artist and a creative right the music industry is not the best is not uh well no okay let's keep it a buck it is not the nicest to artists and creatives like the 360 deals (laughs) (laughs) so i want you to talk about how were you able to get out of that experience? Like, you know, or how did the you being in the music industry really help shape you into becoming the woman that you are today? And like, what were some of the lessons that you learned from being there and, and then how does it inform your work now? Well, I lived in Hollywood. So it was honestly, it was truly divine. I went through this whole situation with Atlantic Records, was on the verge of getting a record deal and long story short it all fell apart and i didn't get the deal i wasn't able to put out any of the music that i had recorded and i eventually ended up firing the guy who was managing me at the time and after i fired him i was like oh my god what am i gonna do like this was like my lifeline in the music industry i had started working i i got into the music industry at a high level when i was a teenager Mm. so like I was very young and and immature and I didn't know who I was and I was very insecure and I was, it was all supposed to fall apart because that situation fall apart is what led me to moving to LA. And when Mm -hmm. I moved to LA, that was the first time I was ever actually by myself. 
same thing like we just talked about that isolation you know it's the first time i was by myself i didn't have my manager anymore i didn't have my team anymore i didn't have my family and I, i didn't know anybody in la except for like three people and so that was the first time i was ever really alone and that's when my spiritual awakening happened that's when all my shadows were coming out and i was really seeing myself and i was like damn girl like you need to change and so that was happening while i was in la but i was contracted to do a six-month project songwriting project for sony at that time and so i still had to go to the studio and i still had to write music but as i was having my spiritual awakening and i learned about the power of the tongue and i learned about language and i learned about how the subconscious mind is programmed and i learned about frequencies and i learned about the energetic mental emotional physiological implications of music on the human body and the human psyche and so i started writing my songs started changing and Mm. i started writing empowering music conscious music awakened music and I would go to the studio and I'd be like, hey, check out this song that I wrote. And they're like, that's really dope, but that's not what the label's looking for. We need club hits. And I'm mm. like, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't want to write music like that anymore. I don't want to contribute to this culture in that way. So I already started to like, like no longer want to go to the studio, no longer want to to write that type of music. So long story short, like I ended up just getting out of that situation and I stopped going to the studio. And um, I had already like kind of started distancing myself from the actual industry because the industry wasn't interested in the type of music that I wanted to make. Right. So it was shortly after that when I got pregnant with my son and I was like, okay, I'm going to put music to the side. I can get back into the industry as a songwriter whenever I feel called to. I'm just going to focus on my baby and me and my family right now. And so I, that's honestly, my son changed a lot of things for me. Mm. Like getting pregnant with him really changed a lot of things for me. But I had already started to awaken and see the truth of the industry and not want to be a part of it anymore and then me having my son was just kind of like it's the the icing on the cake of like okay let's just focus on this now right right that, that's incredible and um I, and again i want to um give you your flowers and want to continue to affirm you because of course it's never easy to be able to move and transition when you're going through an awake spiritual awakening or just moving away from a situation that you realize that you're understanding the toxicity that comes from it because of course, um, it's kind of, and it's really hard. I don't know, for me in my personal experience, it's like when you used to go into environments where you used to be like, oh, that used to be you and you have evolved and changed because we're always evolving beings, right? Right. And, and, and it's like, oh, that used to be me and I don't, that's not me anymore. There's a lot of friction, right? Like, of course, I, I, I'm making the assumption, but I assume that you're the black sheep in the family. The oh, heel is to be the black sheep. I'm, I'm the weird one. Everyone's like, <laughs> what is like we can't even have those conversations because we already know that we're not gonna we're not on the same page and like you know if a lot of people like you said 2020 really shook some things up 
because that's when paradigms were revealed. That's when beliefs were really revealed. And that's where we all kind of saw each other from like where we really are in, in the way that we perceive the world. And it, it showed a lot of people, even who were best friends, like you don't think the same way that I do about these things that are very important, you know, and that, that showed up for me and my family. And um, it was a, an eye-opening experience, just like it was for everybody else. But um, I can't even remember why we just went into that. What was I saying? No, 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 no. no, no. I mean, this is an eye-opening, <laughs> an eye-opening experience of the fact that you know, of course, that with that paradigm shift, and that is such a fact. It is, it is a fact. Oh, I the mean, black sheep of the family. The black, yes, yes. I'm mm-hmm. definitely the black sheep of the family, and everybody knows it. It's not a secret. Oh man. And it's so now you being the black sheep or you like being a generational curse breaker, like how um has that changed? I mean, obviously your son, just having a child, like you know, you have somebody that looks up to you. I mean, I, I can't I don't I don't I don't have a kid. I mean, maybe one day I would like to have a kid, but that's like the responsibility in the way. I'm like, oh, you have somebody look at you like, hey. That's got to like get uh, put a battery in your back. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. Man. Yeah, it's it's deep, you know, because your children are such reflections of you. And they are the greatest mirrors. And they will show you sides of yourself in a way that you've never seen before. Um, my son has up-leveled me as a person, as a woman, in more ways than he can even understand right now. He's seven. He just turned seven. So he's like a kid. He's yeah. not a baby. He's like a yeah. full boy. He's like a full boy, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so it's cool because like um, now this is a new energetic and psychological lineage that I'm creating through him because he's so much like me. He's so much like me. He's so intuitive. Just the things that he says, like, I'm the black sheep of the family. And to a degree, he's like a mini black sheep of the family. You know, like we'll go to our family's house and he's like, Tata, like, we can't drink soda. Like, we can't drink this. Or, no, Tata, don't watch that show. It has bad energy. Or like, you know, <laughs> he's just, he's, and, and and there's a lot of children like him now. Like, shout out to all the people who are doing the work. Shout out to all the people out there, the parents out there who are like, raising their their consciousness and, and awakening because now our children and the next generation, they're going to be a product of the work that we're doing now. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And and you're definitely right. I mean, it, <laughs> I'm, I'm in the same way. I'm like, of course, you know, it's cool. Like, I mean, I'm a big fan of rap music. I mean, I mean, rap music has had such an impact on me. Uh, of course, you know, with some of my favorite artists, Yene, Jay-Z, um, Pharrell, um, and like, and I'm even seeing it, for example, like Pharrell has a really big impact on me because um, just from a musical standpoint, because we see like you, when you listen to his old music, man, his old music, he was violent. But now that you see that his change and whatever, and especially as his kids has come up and he's like, yo, like we need to focus our efforts on how can we utilize our music that is going to share some sunshine and some light and also show them like what the love of God, but also most importantly, like we can, you know, like it's this balance of being in the world, but not of the world. 
right? Like, 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 and so I want to ask, like, how do you balance? Like, of course, you have this higher understanding. You understand what it means to reach enlightenment and you're living in your higher self. How do you, how are you able to make sure that you are able to keep your feet grounded and not get sucked back in? How, how like, has that been difficult? Was Obviously, it was difficult at the beginning, but how have you navigated that? Honestly, I've never been the type of person that was easily influenced. Mm. Even when I was in my, you know, lower self stage of life, I can definitely admit I was the ringleader back then. And it was just my own unconsciousness that was, you know, having me make the decisions that I was making. But I really got to give a lot of credit to my dad for instilling me with more of a leader mentality and not a follow the herd type of mentality because my dad's actually a professional skydiver. Oh, wow. Wow. I know. <laughs> and so I was raised in that environment, in that extreme sport my entire life. And so I was surrounded by a community of people who were like my family, my aunts and uncles, essentially, who were all people who went against the grain, who were all people who didn't just like naturally blend in with society and things like that. So I've always had that element inside of me. And it, it was definitely something that was programmed in me at a young age, just from the environment and the people that I was around. So fortunately, I'm grateful to say that here in this space now, it is natural for me to stay on my personal path and not get, you know, swayed into the influence of society and but I, I will I will be vulnerable and I will admit that um, there definitely are some big things out there that that kind of like try to creep their way in and influence because some of the, there's some of the largest industries in the world. But it does take a, a deep sense of devotion to your truest, most authentic self and your values to be able to stay on the path of alignment for you. And for me, just being really honest, like some of the things battle is like my life, um, battling the the constant um, cultural probes of women have to look this way, your lips have to be this big, you should get Botox so that your wrinkles don't come in and da 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 da. And sometimes those voices like try to come in, you know, there's there's so many outside influence that affect everybody differently. And like, I have so many friends who who, you know, do that type of thing. And for me, it's always just remember who I am, remember what my values are, remember what's important to me. And just stand true to that and know my worth and my value as a woman, it's far mm. beyond this physical vessel. Mm. So your values are really, really important when it comes to staying on track and not, you know, falling into societal norms or, or cultural trends and things like that. Right, right. That, that is so good. And that's actually really a perfect segue 
that you talked about because I wanted to get your perspective on and thank you for sharing. Thank you for yeah. your honesty. And your yeah, totally. Um, because and I think, uh, again, I know that somewhere, somehow, and of course, you, you, your work has freed a bunch of women and freed a bunch of people anyway. Um, and so what is it like to be, what is it like to, like, obviously I'm not a woman, right? I'm a man. And what is it like to be a woman in the 21st century with all these pressures and all that stuff? What is it, what is it, what does it mean to be a woman, right? Because that's a question that, I mean, I'm, I have younger sisters, right? I'm an elder brother, I have younger sisters, I have a bunch of female friends. And um, my heart, of course, you know, like, let's be real, let's be honest, any young man and whoever who understands the culture and the TV and all that stuff has tainted our minds. And we have unfortunately at some point of time have put pain, trauma and hurt towards our female woman counterparts, right? And it's just like, dang. So my question for you is for the 21st century, what does it mean to be a woman? For me personally, who and how and where I'm at now being a woman is so much more of an energy and a state of being because I truly believe that women, we are the natural nurturers of the world. Like we create life in our womb, the woman. And what's the womb? The womb is a growth promoting atmosphere that is there to grow you, to nourish you, to nurture you, to give you everything that you need to live and thrive. And I truly believe that women, we're here to be that type of energetic contribution to everything that we come in contact with. Mm. You know how they say like, you give a woman a house and she makes it a home. You give a woman you know, groceries or this, and she makes it a meal and all of that. Like we're, we're such divine creators that I truly, truly believe that in a way we're like such, um, from a nurturing and nourishing standpoint, we're very much the keepers of the culture in yeah. a way, you yeah. know, yeah. And, and that the same goes for men, but that's in a masculine type of way and obviously there's feminine and masculine in in everybody right. but when i think about being a woman i think about being the nurturer and the nourisher of people and the planet and the things around me and that's that's what i feel like it is for for me personally Right. It's not about, you know, it what what things have turned into is like being a woman is being this strong, independent figure that doesn't need a man or and and personally I feel like that that paradigm is very disempowering and I feel like the the our generation's women empowerment movement actually confused women and even though it was a women empowerment movement, it felt like it got women so far away from their divine femininity right. and it actually put it was the women empowerment movement that made women more masculine right. so it's like you're going against this masculine dominant force by becoming more masculine it's so counterproductive you know like we're here to be the emotional fluid creative creatures that we are you know we're here to create and make things better and and like there's just this essence it's like it's that energy of like a mother's love right 
you know? Yeah. And it's so sacred and it's so, there's so much life to it and it contributes massively to whatever it is, whether that be you're birthing a business or you're birthing a baby, or even you're just making a meal to nourish somebody. Like we just have this magic in us that is our energy that is such a beautiful, nourishing, energetic contribution. And I feel like when we really step into that, that that's like one of our superpowers that we really have this natural, innate energy about us that is just so life-giving. Yeah. I feel like that is when the world will really, really experience an even deeper level of healing. But we have, we have to heal ourselves first, obviously, before right. we can even step into that type of self-expression and right. have it be authentic. Right, and that, that that's so true. And now, I mean, what you, I, I agree, and I definitely hear what you say, but then now, like with that, because of course you have done the work and you have then continued to do the healing work to be able to get to that point, right? Totally, totally. But then, but then now let's bring it back into perspective where the majority of the world is not that. And and it, and it sounds like, you know, where you're at, you have not only created a safe space for yourself, but also have created another safe space for women. And there's people that have created a safe space for you in order to be in that expression, right? But now the world, there's not a lot of safe spaces for women to be to be who they are. And, and and just in your humble opinion is like how 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 can a man such as myself right create be better and just people in general create be better in terms of creating safe space for women to be able to truly blossom to who they are. Mm. Well, I feel like the same journey goes for men as far as the healing that has to happen. Like there must at some point and, and i see it already happening but it needs to happen on a grander more mass scale is the reprogramming of the masculine and the feminine because women have been so sexualized and so objectified physically and things like that and there is this very deep subconscious program for the men that naturally they just kind of have this way of of thinking or being or they put this box um on the role of a woman so unconsciously because society is has told us that this is what the role of a man looks like and this is what the role of the woman looks like and i do feel like you know from an innate instinctual aspect like men were designed to be stronger physiologically so yes there are these like you know in instinctual roles that we have but at the end of the day men really have to become aware of the programming that they have unconsciously developed over time when it comes to the way that they even view a woman mm. you know and men are very like let's just be honest men are very physical they're very very they're they're much more physical than women are naturally women are more emotional so they make connection emotionally but men automatically make the connections physically most men not all men right. but that's a deep deep programming and because there's also been um 
such a program of like the competitive nature and like the alpha male type of thing. There's also this subconscious programming of like needing some, and mind you, I'm not talking about all men, but there is this like dominance factor. And I would even say that the porn industry has also very much contributed to that because there's this dominance factor even right. in that. So right. the programming of how men even view the, themselves, their roles as men, because we also know that a lot of men are very emotionally shut down and unavailable because right. society also told them you're not allowed to be emotional because you're a man. Right. So they have to first awaken to all of their programming that they have about their roles as men. And then they can really look at the role of the, the way that they're viewing us women. Mm, that's good. That's good. And now you have a son, right? You have a son. So how does that contribute? You having that knowledge and that resources, that information, how are you, um, in what ways are you parenting your son to be a more holistic, more conscious, more, um, more capable young boy to into that's going to be a more open and more available young man. Right. I'm intentionally raising my son from the best way I can describe it is like from the inside out mm. when it comes to what he knows, because I can already see how society is somewhat planting ideas in his mind because one day he came home and he came from his cousin's house who's his older cousin so there is that influence there and he said mama i want a chain because girls like when guys have chains mm. and i was like boy <laughs> what <laughs> but there's the world there's the world infiltrating the mind of my son right. you know and so that was my opportunity where I got to tell him, no, baby, the truth is anybody that's ever actually attracted to somebody, the thing that girls really like, because even though he's seven, he's always been a little ladies man. And I just have to surrender to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he always has really taken to girls early on. He, he likes girls. And I'm like, that's natural for you. I'm not going to shut that down. I'm just going to guide you through it. Yeah. Know? Yeah. So I just told him like what, what girls really like and not just what girls really like, what people really like. Cause I tell them we're all human and right. we all, we all want to feel good. Yeah. And what girls really like is when you show up in a way that makes them feel good. So that's being kind, being respectful, being a gentleman, you know, being playful and fun and, you know, making her laugh and having a sense of humor. So teaching him really to develop the things inside of him, his his internal world that will then eventually dictate and, you know, be the thing that is the reason why he has the outcomes that he has in his external world, because our world has taught people and especially men that your external world is the thing that gives you value internally, like your job and your money and your car and all of that stuff and how you how you how much muscles you have and all of that. So I would say that I'm really doing my best to raise my son from a, a perspective of focusing on the inside out. 
Oh man, that, that I'm one. I'm gonna clip this up. This is gonna be the thing I'm gonna post on IG because no, 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 that's some powerful stuff, right? I mean, shoot, I mean, I got my chain, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I and, then, you know, and I told him too, like, there's nothing wrong with having nice things, but at right. the end of the day, what really matters, what really, really matters to people, and what really matters to a girl is what's inside. What's inside? What's yeah, inside? yeah, yeah. That, that's that. That is. That is really good because I know that's going to be a lot of people. And, and, and one, that is so dope that you're saying that like to your kid, like, wow. No, because, because again, of course, it's just like, it would be so easy for them. Like, oh no, you got to get the best grades. Oh, okay. You got to do this. Right. Because of course there's so much pressure on the external performance, but you have now created a safe space for your son saying, Hey, what you have inside and who you are inside and how that's being cultivated what's going what's happening in the inside your external your reality because of course whatever comes in, the, in everything that, that every idea everything and every whatever is manifested from the inside out and once you live an intentional life your life comes becomes like woo, right like it becomes and of course there's always challenges and disappointments but you're going to have way much more balance and and a more meaningful fulfilled life because you're living from the inside out and right. most people, like, you're teaching to him that young. And, of course, you know, he can make his own decisions. But because he already has that seed implanted of what is what is true and what is noble and what is um, or objectively true or personally true, but obviously all the celebrities and a lot of the politicians and everybody will say, hey, man, like, I had to go deep inside. I had to go find myself. It all goes back into the internal work. And once that in the totally. internal work, it's whatever the out so the outside world just gets a way much better yeah yeah because I, I was raised with the opposite mindset and i and i love my dad to death and i know that he didn't realize the ramifications of the programming that he gave me because it was so innocent and that's another thing too is like there's so many things that are so, so, so many sayings that are very societally innocent but they're also very unconscious. And one of the things that my dad used to say to me all the time when I was younger is, when you look good, you feel good. And he was always the type of dad that was always wanting, you know, I, I loved clothes. He would always buy me the best of the best as much as he could. And I really took on that belief uh, very deeply that when you look good, you feel good. And it impacted me in a way that when I didn't look good, I didn't feel good. Mm. And so I always had to look good in order to feel good. And I went through a lot, a lot of physical insecurities as a, as a young girl that took me up until my, up until I was 20 to really evolve out of, which is when I, you know, started doing my work on myself. But um, there's a lot of those little things that creep in and we don't really understand the magnitude of them or the implications of them when we plant those little seeds in our kids yeah that's so good that's so good mm -hmm. and and now even just trans and look now moving on to the next stage like these are kind of like these bigger questions as i'm getting ready to, to wrap up the podcast i want to be mindful of your time i wanted to know for you um one what does what does success mean to you and how and how has that definition changed from young Melanie, 20, music industry, whatever, whatever, to Melanie today, 29, wise, awakened, enlightened, a mother? How has that changed? Mm. Um, 
massively (laughs) (laughs) because you know just like every just like most people in the past my idea of success was you know having a certain status or being able to say that i got a record deal or having a certain amount of money and now after everything that i've been through in my life to me success really means two primarily two things having fulfillment and having freedom Mm. that's what that really really means for me because you could have all the money in the world and not be fulfilled you know you could have have achieved all the things in life and not be fulfilled and that fulfillment like fulfillment is is such a beautiful word because there's fulfillment in all areas you know in our family dynamics and our relationships and our friendships and our lifestyle so me just truly being fulfilled with myself and my life and then having the freedom having the freedom to be who i want to be do what i want to do create the life that i want to create and have things really be on my terms and i'm really really grateful that i have that in my life right now And don't get me wrong, it's like a lot of work and a lot of sacrifice. And I definitely have struggled throughout the journey. But at the end of the day, like I am living a life where I'm doing what I genuinely want to do. Like there's nothing that I do that is something that I really don't want to be doing. And prior to me working for Tony Robbins and Dean and all of that, even when I was building my coaching business, I was still working part time as a waitress to fuel my business and I wasn't fully free yet. You know, I still had a, I still had obligations that weren't my highest desire. And so for me, success is really about fulfillment and freedom. Mm, That's good. That's good. And Mm -hmm. now my next question is how did that happen? Like you coach Tony Robbins, like one of the, the money master of the game, you know, on top of life force. Like, yo, how did that, of course, I mean, that's what I'm like, you coached one of the top New York Times bestselling, you know, like, of course, the external, right? But like one of the top people who was like a leader and, um, and again, as well as Dean, these motivational speakers who have done, of course, taught people how to get rich, da, 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 da. Like, how did that happen? And, and, and what were some of your takeaways from coaching them? Well... It's interesting because it felt like what I would call a quantum leap when I got hired to work with them. It really felt like a quantum leap because like I said, I was I was doing all the work in my power to build myself up as a coach. I was hosting my events, I was speaking on podcasts, I was speaking at other people's events, I was doing my best to solidify my mark and my reputation um, as a coach, right? And, And I was doing well. But even then, I was still working part time as a freaking server. But here I had this big reputation. And I didn't have any investors for my events and things like that. So I still had to do what I had to do as a single mom to not only pay for all the bills, but to be the own investor because my events weren't cheap to put on. I didn't have a lot of sponsors and stuff back then. And so, but even when I was in that position and I was speaking at an event with 500 women one day and then the next day going and serving tables, 
I always told myself that when, because there there could be some mind games that's like, oh, imposter syndrome, I'm a waitress, but then I'm going to speak to these women. No, I told myself, I am a server. I'm here to serve. Mm. So this is just an avenue right now that allows me to serve. It's it's quite perfect, actually. And I intentionally chose that job. It was all very intentional. And while I was there, I stayed in the highest frequency. I never showed up with the mindset or the mentality or the identity that I'm just a waitress. I always knew why I was there, what I was doing, why I chose that in the first place for myself. And I always knew that entire time what I was after. And I stayed and I stayed in that vibrational space. I stayed in that frequency of excellence, even as I was waiting tables. And I and it all made sense because I was attracting people like Eric Thomas. I attracted ET. I attracted Dean Graziosi at the because re- I specifically chose to work at a very healthy more higher end restaurant intentionally. And while I was there, uh, one day I ended up serving Robert Kiyosaki and who's the author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which is like one of the greatest financial personal development books in history. And um, long story short, I I get in conversation with him and I'm like, oh my God, I watch you on YouTube all the time. And he's like, what the heck are you doing? He's looking at me like I'm just so young to even know who he is, right? He's like, what are you doing watching me on YouTube? And I told him, I was like, I run this personal, this woman's organization where I do personal development. I host all these events. So I'm constantly absorbing information to learn and to teach people. And I just, my passion starts coming out, right? And I'm not even trying to sell him on anything. I'm just excited about what I do. And he could feel that. So then he looks over at me and he goes, I'm going to give you my, uh, my assistant's number and I want you to call her tomorrow. And I told him I had my big event coming up that I was working on. And he's like, if I'm available, I would love to come and speak at your event for free. And I was like, what? Yeah, 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 yeah. Long story short, I ended up doing an event with Robert Kiyosaki as I was still wait, a waitress. Right. So I was like, okay, it doesn't matter where you are you're in the frequency of excellence and which is why you're attracting these people as i was getting hired from tony and dean is the thing that took me out of being a server forever for the rest of my life i'll never have to serve another table ever again ever since that and i didn't even apply for that position i was referred apparently two of the coaches that were already working with them knew me knew of me and they both referred me and they took that very seriously so they reached out to me and they said you know we had two referrals from a couple coaches that you know we really take their word um pretty highly here so we'd love to interview you and long story short i ended up being one out of three that got chosen out of like over 800 submissions for the position wow yeah at the end of the day it's like of course there there has to be a balance of like you know promoting yourself you know understanding that you know that your work is good but 
you know, there's one thing where people say, oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, your work is good. Like, oh, I've coached this many people. But again, it's what what do people say about you? What like it's like what do people say about the work that you do? Right. Of course, everybody has haters. Be like some some people, some clients be like, ah, she's full of shit. Uh, some people like, oh, yeah, she's amazing. But at the, the end of the day, when it really does come out, like it matters is what type of work have you done and how have you impacted lives and people really speaking upon how you've changed their life, right? And man, that is some powerful, 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 powerful stuff. So that is amazing. That is so dope. Wow. Yeah. And one of the things that I that I really want to tell everybody is that um, it re- like you said, it really is about who you are. Like your energetic essence, your energetic fingerprint is so profoundly powerful because when I went into those interview process, which by the way, it was the most grueling, intense, extreme pressure filled interview process I've ever experienced in my life. They literally put us in the hot seat for real, but not once did they ask me for a college degree. Not once did they ask me if I had any certifications or coaching trainings that they didn't ask any of us at all if what our credentials were. They put us to the test. They put us in the hot seat. They said, here's the coaching scenario. This is what the client's saying. What are you going to do? And it was in that moment where my soul and my, like me, Melanie was able to show up, not just, you know, well, I have this certificate and I went to this school. And so it really is about who you are really, really is. Then how can can people find out who they are? Because there's not a lot of people that know who they are. What's the first step? I personally believe that it's not necessarily just the journey of discovering who you are. I think what I've learned for me and all the people that I've coached is that we really get to decide who we are because the old version of me would have said oh i'm this i'm this i'm this i'm this but i didn't really want to be all those things that i thought i was or that i thought was good or noble and all of that and when i got into consciously creating myself and consciously creating my life i learned we get to decide who we are we get to design ourselves that's the that to me that's the process of personal development it's saying you know what I love when I see charisma in people. I really want to focus on establishing my own charisma inside of me. Like, I really admire people who show up courageously and confidently. Like, I want to embody that. So I feel like it's more so choosing who you want to be instead of just waiting to figure it out or to let someone else tell you or let the world tell you. So... I would say if you're in the process of like waiting and hoping and seeking to figure out who you are, I would really encourage you to choose who you want to be and let that be the guiding force. Mm, That's good. (laughs) That's good. good. All right. Speed round. These are the last couple questions um, uh, of the podcast. Wow. That was so, this is so rich. <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir. Like, wow. I, I was excited for this pod. Like, I mean, every podcast that I talk to my guests, I'm always excited. But, ooh, ooh, this hit. Oh, oh God. Thanks. All right, all right, all right. Um, so my first question is, 
what is one thing that you would like to see change in the United States? Ooh, oh, that's a tough one. <laughs> one thing, one thing, ooh, one thing that I would love to see change in the United States is um, the education system. The education system is so, so disempowering for children. Um, just the, just the, my son came home the other day and they're still teaching kids about the Boston Tea Party. Like, why are you teaching my child about the Boston Tea Party and you're not teaching him emotional intelligence or how to cultivate harmonious relationships? Like, you know, like we have to learn how to be humans, not just figures in society, not just employees. And so if there's anything that I could change in the United States, it would be the education system from the ground up. Mm. Good. Second question. What are three things that you would tell to your 18-year-old self? Oh, three things to tell to my 18-year-old self. Stop faking. Stop faking and pretending. Yeah. Tell the fucking truth. Sorry, excuse my language. <laughs> no, 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 you good. <laughs> Stop faking and pretending. Tell the truth. Be honest. Because you're hurting yourself a lot more. Because I used to think that telling a lie didn't hurt me. It was only hurting the other person. But then I realized, like, you're the one who has to carry all these secrets. Like, that's draining. Yeah. So don't fake. Be honest and tell the truth. And... trust your intuition that's good yeah yeah that's good that's good that's good that hit and my last question is if you want one like what do you want your legacy to be if you want one or if you aspire to have a legacy it's mm. a really great question I would love for my legacy to be more of a feeling than a physical type of thing, you know, because my grandmother passed last year and she was just the most loving, phenomenal woman ever. And her, I ne nobody ever experienced a love like hers before. And like when she passed and we had her services, it was so apparent that the legacy that she left was the legacy of love mm. and the way that she made people feel. Because like I said, we come from a small town where there's like filled with drugs, a bunch of kids who don't have anything or anyone. And my Nana loved everybody. And so for me, I would really want my legacy to be more of a feeling that you leave people with a, a feeling of power and safety and just when people think about my name there's just like this this feeling of of peace and power and safety and nurturing and and inspiration and inspiration I'd say that's a, a huge one too like I want my legacy to be that whenever I'm mentioned or I'm thought about, there's a feeling behind it of how I made people feel instead of all the things that I accomplished. 
the love. Yeah, the energetic imprint for real, for real. Mm, that's dope. Wow, man. <laughs> wow. Wow. Last segment of the show is the Speak Life segment. Of Obviously, you understand the power of the words in the ton. I know that as well. Um, so this is an opportunity where I just get to speak life over my guest. Melanie, you are dope as fuck, bro. <laughs> thank you. No, no, no. Um, I just want to say thank you. Thank, thank mm -hmm. you. So much gratitude, um, peace, love, and light your way. Thank you so much for your, your vulnerability, your transparency, you taking your patience with being able to get on the pod, um, and just your your essence of who you are as a human being Thank and you. just being able to spread in your mission and you you living a life on mission and living a life of calling i'm super grateful that you have taken the time to empower your what other woman to empower your son and most importantly empower yourself and your connection to divine to god and just the way that you continue to live a life dedicated to service and that like to know that at a very young age as you like yourself and but also like Age is just a number, it's just an idea, but then who you are in the senses of the soul, who, who we are in general, you continue to embody that. I see that from your on your IG page, your website, and it's such an honorable, um, it, it is humbling to be virtually in your energy, in your space, and for being able to take your wisdom and just also to be you being so transparent with your journey. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you for being who you are and, and staying solid in that. And I'm super grateful for the fact that you're doing the work and that you've continued to help other people and help other empower and inspire so many dope, amazing, deserving women who are doing the work as well. And your impact, I felt it today. Um, this pod, ooh, so good. And I'm just so grateful for you. Um, for being here, for being alive, and you living life, you're calling. So, thank you. Thank you so so much. It's been an honor. I love doing this. So, thank you for reaching out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where can the people follow you at? Where, like, you could plug your stuff. Where can people so find? You? Everybody can follow me. I'm mostly active on Instagram. So it's at it's Melanie Peralta underscore. But you can also check me out on my website. My website has everything that I do from any events that I'm throwing. I have a retreat happening later in the year in the fall. I have my Moving Mantra project music that's available on Patreon. I have my Moving Mantra merch on there. And I am going to be launching a completely new coaching program within the next two, three months. So you guys can keep a lookout for that too. But essentially, everything's going to be at MelaniePeralta.com or at It's MelaniePeralta underscore on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, y'all. You know what to do. Follow her. Tag her. It is what it is. That's what we got to do. And thank you so much for tapping into Campus Cuts. I'm your host, Titaba. Melanie, she's over there. And we are out. Oh, wait, hold on. Peace. Thank you so much for taking a chance to listen slash watch the podcast episode. Super grateful for all your support. Make sure you follow us on social media at Campus Cuts Pod. Be able to check out the YouTube, um, Twitch, and as well as Twitter, Periscope live streams. If you want to have the chance to get the replay, make sure you share it to your friends, families, significant others, and anybody that is interested in listening to authentic conversations with great guests and people. Make sure you do that. Thanks so much for all the help. Tap in. Have a blessed day.